0: An entitled Karen blocks my driveway with her SUV, as she assumed that she could just park it there whenever she wanted to go pick up her kid from her school. But I was feeling petty, and I got angry. So I blocked her car in with another one of my cars, and I refused to move. Here's what happened. So I own a house a couple houses down from school. So this was bound to happen eventually. When it's time for the kids to go home, my street is lined bumper to bumper with parents to pick up their kids. The sidewalks are full of families who walk all the way to their cars, and I often had to pick up balloons, snack packaging, old homework worksheets, and general garbage that the kids drop. If you're trying to get home around the time school lets out, there's no way you're going to be able to get out of there before the blockade the parents make is gone. Now, this has been a problem for the few years that we have lived here. There's two places that the kids let out. My street, which is a small cul-de-sac with the school at the top and a main road that's open all the way down to the baseball park with a wider road to allow street parking and two-way driving. Obviously, Obviously, if you can't find parking, then the tiny residential road is not the way to go. There are three cars at my home. My car, my roommate's car, and my husband's utility van, which he parks on the road to avoid blocking our roommate, since she's frequently in and out. So today is Friday, and I work from home. So when I finish work, I poke my head out the window to look at my fruit tree that I have near my driveway. It is spring, and I keep excitedly looking for blooms, and that's when I notice a big white Buick SUV in the middle of my driveway blocking both spots from my car, which my husband was using since I was home and my roommate's spot. Honestly, why would you park in somebody's driveway? So on top of these entitled parents blocking up our small residential road, this person decided to take up a private residence's driveway. So I got on the phone with a non-emergency police line and took pictures of the vehicle and the plate. Then I got my husband's keys and backed his vehicle up to block the SUV into my driveway. And I just waited. 15 minutes later... An entitled mom with bug-eye sunglasses, big old diamonds on her jewelry, and wearing yoga pants and athletic wear, comes around to hop in the driver's seat and smiles and waves at me sitting on my steps. Honestly, she probably thought I was the homeowner's kid or something, all because I'm in my early 20s, but in reality, I'm the homeowner. The entitled Karen looks at me and says, Hi, hope you don't mind. So I look at her and I say, Ma'am, you're trespassing. Why would you park in a private driveway? But the entitled Karen just looks at me and gives a scoff. Off. Sorry, won't do it again. We were just leaving. She was being really dismissive and avoiding eye contact despite taking the sunglasses off. So I looked at her and I said, I don't care. You have no right to park on my property. And right now I'm on the phone with the police. The entitled Karen then looks at me and says, it was just for a second. I was just picking up my daughter. But I look at her and I say, it doesn't matter. You don't live here. So you don't park here. At this point, I realize the non-emergency police aren't going to pick up. So I hang up and decide to mess with her a bit. She got in her SUV and dismissively waved at me. So I got in my vehicle that was blocking her in and waited, pretending to still be on the phone. She starts trying to back out of my driveway because there was a little bit of a gap between my utility van and my neighbor's car. But it was definitely too small for this Buick. I would like to point out that this vehicle has a scuffed front on the bumper. So I had a feeling she has no spatial awareness outside of her backup camera. Every time she backed up, I honked, still pretending to be on the phone. She tried again and I honked again. She looked at my grass and I was about to start recording her in case she tried to go through my front yard. I honked again after I saw that. If she kept trying to back out and hit my big utility van, she would certainly lose. She gets out of her SUV and comes up to my van, recognizing that she can't do anything without making it far worse for herself. Her face was visibly patchy from the distress and she asked me again, Are you really calling the police? I looked at her and I said, Yes, you're Legally parked on my private property, and that's illegal. I don't care if it's for five seconds, don't ever do it. You don't live here. Her kid got out of the car, and I decided that was enough. So I waited for her to get back at her SUV and I parked my van back in its rightful spot and I let her out of my driveway. After that, I called the school and I gave them the license plate number of this entitled Karen. Nothing will probably come of it, but I don't think she'll ever park in someone's driveway again anytime soon. And sure, I'll take the jerk points because there was a child involved, but you shouldn't put your your child in this kind of situation in the first place. What a weird entitled Karen. Seriously, you don't park in other people's driveways. Like that is literally a one-stop shop to get your car towed away. It is simply not worth it and it just shows your entitlement when you do that. I know if I was in the original poster's shoes, I absolutely would have called a tow truck. I mean, this person is parked on your property illegally and you did not request or allow them to park their car there, so you very easily could have towed it. But good for you for at least putting this entitled Karen in her place because I can bet after that or deal, she probably will never park her car in anybody's driveway ever again. If you like Am I the Jerk, you're probably going to love Am I the Genius. Check it out, link down below in the description. My entitled supervisor demands that I only do what's on my job title, and as a result, I'm unable to fix the payroll system so nobody gets paid for several weeks. Here's what happens. So I work for a construction company as an inventory admin. My job is basically to schedule counts of our warehouse and input the numbers they give me for inventory inventory. I then try to see what the problem is when the numbers on the last count and current count don't add up. There is a little bit more to it but that's basically what I do. Now the problem with this job is that when you have been doing it long enough and you are really good at it, there is less work to do all around. In the beginning when counting one rack out of the 60 racks of material would take a few days it was fine because I was always busy. But now that everything is in order the entire warehouse can be counted in like 3 days. And unfortunately this leaves me bored for most of the time. So to fix this, I studied up on our cloud-based ERP service that we use for all our internal and external transactions and have become sort of an expert at it. Every single aspect of this company uses this ERP service to do their job. From timesheets to HR, payroll, accounting, scheduling, management, manufacturing, ordering from vendors, delivering, inventory, and then some. All of it runs through this service. So it is very important that this service is up and running 24-7. I I became so proficient to this service that our vice president decided to cut ties with our consultants of the ERP because I could do what they did, but better, quicker, and much cheaper. For reference, we were paying these consultants $5,000 a month just to be on standby if we needed them for some sort of trouble that could arise just from using the ERP. And we had to dish out even more money to fix those problems depending on how many hours was spent of their time just trying to fix said problem. I'm not sure on their exact rate, but it was something like $200 an hour, and they took weeks to fix anything, while I could fix the problem in time for my daily afternoon break. I never got an official job title or raise of any kind for being an expert on this service. The company just saw me being able to do it, and let me fix things that happened, so they no longer needed the outside help. I wasn't too upset, because it gave me something to do, so I was glad to help the company save some money, even if none of that money fell my way. Skip ahead a few months, and we now have a new warehouse manager and someone in the warehouse messes up something with the inventory by sending a bunch of materials in the wrong job with no records of it ever being shipped. And we're talking like this is a half a million dollar mess up here. This is a serious problem. In the same day our ERP had an update that caused a bunch of bugs with our accounting department. So I decided to work on the ERP problem first because the warehouse mess up is more of a delay mess up and not actually stopping anybody from doing their job at the moment. While this accounting problem means our bills are not going to be able to be paid. I mean, you can only imagine what kind of issues we will run into if the bills are not being paid. The ERP bugs turn out to be quite big as well as numerous, so it ends up taking me a couple of days to figure it out. But I fix it before any bills are actually due and decided to take lunch a little early to celebrate a victory. There was thankfully a crisis averted. The new warehouse manager storms into my office after I get back from lunch and he is livid. Apparently the bosses were pinning the blame on him for the warehouse mess up. And considering Considering he is the one who oversees shipments and the personnel in the warehouse, the blame is rightfully placed. He starts laying into me, asking why I have not fixed the problem yet, yelling and screaming like a child. I tried explaining that I was fixing an ERP issue and have not had time to look at the warehouse problem yet. He gets even more angry and notes that it is funny how I have more time to take early lunches but not enough time to do my job. That started to really upset me, but I held my tongue and kept calm about the situation. He then ordered me to only do what is in my job title and to leave the ERP garbage to people competent enough to handle it, as he put it. Since this guy was technically my supervisor, I had no choice but to obey. I asked him to send me that in writing and he snarks and storms back into his office. Five minutes later, I get an email stating that under no circumstances am I to work on anything related to ERP unless it involves inventory. And so after his attitude and his temper tantrum, I decide I'm going to maliciously comply. So I do nothing but inventory from that point forward, knowing full and well that we would essentially be coasting until we hit a problem that I would then refuse to fix. Sure enough, not even a week later, I get an email from HR that some sort of bug in the ERP system was preventing them from accessing payroll to pay employees this week. I reply an apology that I am no longer able to work on the ERP bugs due to my supervisor. I then refer them to the ERP system help guide for further assistance. Now I knew the help guide was not going to help her in the slightest but it was no longer my problem so I was not going to deal with it in the slightest skip a few days later to Friday and I check my bank account in the morning before getting up for work and I laugh because there was no money deposited the problem in question never got fixed I hurry up and I get ready for work excited to see the chaos unfold and what I was expecting was an understatement when I show up to work I see the entire warehouse staff of 50 people completely walking out the front door I stopped one and I asked why they were leaving and they replied to me by saying, I didn't get paid today so I am not coming back until I do. I go into the office and I see the warehouse manager in a panic. He has jobs that need material and nobody to load into the trucks or deliver them. I ask him if he needs help with anything and he just screams at me to leave his office because he is getting phone calls from all kinds of superintendents of all these different jobs asking why their material has not arrived yet. I pass by HR on the way to my office and I I see a bunch of bosses huddled up with her over her computer with her having an angry and confused expression on her face as well as everybody else. They were clearly trying to figure out the problem. I felt bad for her because it really was something out of her control but I knew she would ultimately be okay because she had been there for so long that they would never fire her. When I get to my office, I see the vice president waiting for me there. He has a very upset look on his face. When we get inside, he demands to know why I did not fix the problem in HR. When she emailed me about it. So I replied the statement I was waiting to say. I said to them, I am no longer allowed to work on ERP problems as it is not in my job title. He then had the most shocked look on his face and asked why all of a sudden I had a change of heart. I then show him the email from my warehouse manager and I could see the dots connecting in his head. He immediately storms out and I see him heading straight to the warehouse manager's office. They were in there for a few hours, but eventually he comes back to my office. He seems a lot calmer now and asked me politely if I can fix the problem in HR, and if I can resume fixing the ERP if needed. At this point, I liked the relief of responsibility and told him I would only do it if he put it officially in my job title along with a raise. His calmness turned to anger again, and he looks at me and says, I cannot believe you, as he storms out and returns to his office. A few hours later, he sends out a mass email that he has hired the old ERP consultants to fix the problem, and that next week, everyone would be paid for the money they are owed along with the money they earned if they return to work. Now, this one surprised me as he would rather pay over $60,000 a year to consultants than give me a few extra bucks an hour for better work. I think he expected me to change my mind and just do it for my own paycheck, but I decided to wait because I knew how these consultants were and if they even managed to fix this problem in a week, it would be an absolute miracle. Most of the warehouse staff agreed to return, but were still upset about not getting paid. Sure enough, Next Friday comes around and nobody gets paid again. At this point, it is becoming a real problem and the entire staff is becoming agitated. They have bills to pay. I even heard a bunch of the warehouse talking about some competitors nearby that they could get work for. And at this point, I even consider just fixing the problem because the warehouse didn't deserve to be treated like that due to the poor management of everybody else around them. Maybe I am the jerk here for this, but I am severely underpaid and can barely afford my apartment. There is no reason I should extra work for free that same day the vice president returns to my office and hands me papers these papers said that I would be promoted to a newly created position that dealt with the inventory as well as ERP upkeep it would be its own department and he would be my direct supervisor and it also came with a hefty raise and all I had to do was sign the paper and agree I looked up at him after reading the paper and he had the saddest look on his face please just sign it the consultant said that it would take them weeks to get around to fixing it due to the high volume of clients, and we cannot keep skipping paychecks. So I happily signed it and immediately got to work on the HR issue. And guess what? I managed to fix it in the same day, because at the end of the day, it was just an update issue. And if my original supervisor had just let me help out, then we all could have avoided this mess in the first place. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. What a crazy story. You literally had them by the throat and they were not going to be able to get anything done unless you fixed it. Like you literally almost took down an entire business. That is so awesome in my opinion. And I honestly don't have any sympathy for management, like in the slightest. They would rather bring in these stupid consultants who absolutely would have taken like two months just to fix it rather than pay the guy extra who can do it within a day. I mean, talk about doing things the hard way. And it's really disgusting that they really wanted to try and cut corners this way and have it so this guy would not only do his inventory job, but also fix this system pretty much for free. Like, that is messed up and that's not fair in the slightest. So, hopefully the next time this company tries to cut corners, they don't try to cut around the one person who could probably save their skin. My entitled boss demands that I work during my planned vacation. So, I decide to maliciously comply and I end up getting him fired as a result. Here's what happened. So, I've been working at this company for about three years. I had been consistently growing in my role and was eventually given a project to own, with one to two other team members if needed. But it was a major project, with a quick turnaround. I determined I could do it myself, though it would be tight, and since I was hoping for a promotion, I took on the project solo. I was able to deliver the project slightly ahead of schedule, and with better quality than expected, which allowed us to make a huge sale. The head of the company gave me an award at an all-hands on deck meeting for the work I did, and my boss let me know I was on track for an end-of-the-year promotion, with a nice pay raise and more Responsibilities, but I was needed in another part of the business, so I was going to have to transfer under a new manager that was notoriously hard to work with. I transferred to this manager, and the first meeting we had to get on the same page, I brought up that I had a three week planned vacation in four months. I had never taken vacation, so I had six weeks saved up and did not want to start losing it. He told me, of course, that would be fine and we would be able to make it work. About a week later, we have our first meeting with our product team. They had a new large Project idea and wanted it to be released in just three months. As my team looked over the details, we knew this was a six to eight month project at best, and it would be better to deliver in small increments so they still had something to show in three months, or we would need to push out the schedule. My boss was adamantly against both, so throughout the next week, he made us have last minute three to four hour brainstorming sessions every day, but he would not tell us until about three o'clock in the evening, forcing us all to work late every day that week. At the end of the week, there was no way we could figure out to deliver everything on the shorter timeline, and so my boss asked me to stay behind after the meeting. For another hour, he railed against me, saying I was failing at this project, and that he could not see me getting a good annual review in four months, and that a promotion wasn't even on the table. This annual review would also include the project I had just received an award for, and is supposed to encompass 12 months of work. But he was basing this off of the first two weeks on this new team, which really was not fair. At this point, I knew he was ready to use me as a scapegoat for his bad management, and I started applying elsewhere. We continued working on the project and sure enough, at the end of three months, we were still far from being able to deliver, and my boss was getting heat from above. Right around this time, I received an offer from another company that would be the promotion that I wanted and an even larger pay increase. I accepted the offer and negotiated my start date to be right after my vacation, which is now three weeks away. That same day, my boss calls me into his office and tells me that we need to talk about this vacation. I reminded him that we had already talked about it months before and that everything is booked. Flights, hotels, everything. But he would not let up and told me there's no way I could take three weeks off with how behind schedule we already were. He told me I could go on my trip, but I could not take vacation and would be expected to be online during our business hours throughout the trip, which would be about four o'clock in the morning until one o'clock in the evening evening, local time at my vacation spot, so I decided to maliciously comply. Every morning while on vacation, I would log on at 4 o'clock in the morning, check my emails, answer questions on our internet chat, and do the minimum work expected, logging off as soon as it hit 1 o'clock p.m., all without burning any vacation time. With one week left in vacation, I requested a conference call with my boss to give him my two weeks notice. He was shocked and tried everything to get me to stay and finish out the project, including bringing back up the possibility of a promotion. I told him I had already accepted a job with a start date upcoming and I worked my last two weeks before moving on to my new job. Now this is where it gets fun. Because my boss required me not to take vacation, the company had to pay out all of my accrued vacation once I left, a little less than seven weeks at this point, including the three weeks I had originally planned to take. Now short-staffed, I heard from other coworkers that the project missed two more adjusted deadlines and eventually the manager was demoted before being let go from the company. About six months later, the head of the first company asked me to lunch to offer me a role of taking over my former boss's old position. I negotiated an even higher pay increase as well as company equity and ended up going back there for three more years. So at the end of the day, I couldn't be happier that I came out on top. That manager that you had to deal with was absolutely obnoxious and in my opinion, completely out of line. Like what a betrayal of trust. They say to you when you first come in, oh, that's okay. You can have your vacation in a few months. That's no big deal. Only to then, right when the vacation's coming back up, to basically stab you in the back. Like, that is literally what happened. They decided at the last second that, no, you can't go on your vacation. And if you do, you gotta work and get stuff done. And at four in the morning at that, I don't know if anyone's trying to work at four in the morning, especially if you don't do any kind of night shift stuff, but let me tell you, it is miserable. Like, if I was in your shoes, that would be the last time I would wanna do any work. That boss is so disrespectful to do that and it's so good to see that they got let go because they were not a good manager in the slightest. They were trying to use you as a scapegoat and basically have you as a cop out for when things go south and you literally just won an award in the company. I mean it's so unfair to go from such a high point of your career to then basically being on the chopping block of almost getting fired. That's not fair in the slightest and honestly you did not deserve that treatment. But as karma would have it, it's so cool that you came back not only with a higher pay but also with company equity. And I'm honestly happy to see that things worked out for you in the end while also delivering karma to your awful boss who treated you so poorly. Thanks for watching. When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications so you never miss a video. To finish listening to all the stories, use the playlist at the top of the description. And if you like Am I the Jerk, you're probably going to love Am I the Genius. Check it out in the description below and subscribe.